Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to Jedi and Germs, a weekly podcast brought to you by Spreaker.com. I am John English, the Germs Guy, and I am here by myself. That's right. The other two guys uh, had stuff going on. It is Father's Day, but I wanted to get something out to you guys because it's been a bit, and it always seems like big things happen when we record, and before we're able to put it out, something really dramatically changes. So last time we recorded... You know, we heard all the rumors that Quinn might not be back, and a couple hours after we finished recording, uh, news came that Quinn Snyder had indeed stepped down. So maybe if I'm recording right now, you know, something big will happen, and then and then you can thank me for putting this out and making think making sure that big things happen that that you know hap- that happen that I can't comment on, and we'll go from there. So. Quinn Snyder is no longer the head coach of the Utah Jazz. They are interviewing replacements. A uh, rumor came out a couple days ago that the Jazz had their final four. It was from an account that mainly has expertise in Europe. So I take that with a grain of salt because rumor had it they whittled it down to the final four when we had just heard the day before there were more names happening. But we'll go over those. The final four rumored are Alex Jensen, Johnny Bryant, Will Hardy, and Adrian Griffin. Um, but there are other candidates who've been interviewed. They include Jason Terry, Sam Cassell, uh, Kevin Young. Uh, head coaches Terry Stotts and Frank Vogel have been rumored to be in the mix. They're, they're casting a wide net. There have been up to 16 names linked with the job. And so we'll see if there's truth to those Final Four being in the Final Four or if there's more going on with that. Um, of those candidates, let's go over the Final Four. Alex Jensen has been assistant coach to the Jazz all eight years under the Snyder system. He knows all the players well. He knows the front office well. Um, all indications are that he'd, he'd be a good continuity-type coach. Uh, not a whole lot of things would change, except he is a calmer guy in the sidelines. So maybe he'd be a good option. Who knows? Johnny Bryant, he was a really good development coach when he was here. He has a really close relationship with Donovan. All signals seem to be that the front office's number one priority is keeping Donovan happy, so Bryant surely would be the best candidate for that. Um, of the other guys, you know, Will Hardy, he's he's from the Greg Popovich tree. That's been a very productive tree, so he's intriguing. And then Adrian Griffin, he's been an assistant coach bouncing around the league for like 13 years now. He's been able to be under Thibodeau. He's been under... Billy Donovan, uh, Nick Nurse, he's he's a guy that has a lot of experience, and he uh, he seems to be one of those guys, kind of like Udoka when he finally went to Boston. He's an assistant coach that a lot of people respect, and a lot of people feel like he'll eventually get his chance to be head coach one day. Maybe it'll be with the Jazz, who knows. But there are some other guys out there who's, whose names are appealing, and 
my guess is it's still going to be a few more days before they get a head coach. It would be nice to have a head coach before the draft. Uh, draft is this week, but, you know, we'll see. Maybe they'll make their draft as they're continuing their head coaching search. Um, it's not that unusual because the Dr- Jazz have no draft picks. Uh, none. Not a first and not a second. The first round pick they do not have this year is all part of finishing off the Mike Conley trade. And, you know, Jazz give away their seconds like they're nothing, so no picks for them. But it is important to keep in mind that there have been a lot of rumors that Rudy Gobert is on the trading block. And if there's one thing that Danny Ainge front offices are known for, it's leaking a lot of what-ifs and maybes. So there are a lot of what-ifs out there for Rudy Gobert getting traded. The top two rumors seem to be around Atlanta with some kind of package with John Collins. And then Chicago with uh, Vukovic and Patrick Williams in some combination there. I don't know how much steam those rumors have now, but it's important to keep those in mind because both of those rumors are linked to the draft picks of those teams in this draft. So maybe the Jazz do show up in this draft after all. Um, But we'll get to more of that in a minute. Um, You know... The uh, NBA Finals are over, as I slightly transitioned to All-NBA, but one thing I wanted to point out with them is that Golden State and Boston, they were two of the top three defenses in the NBA this year. So defense is important, um, and yet we're looking at trading away Rudy Gobert. Just wanted to point out that defense is important, but we're looking at trading away Rudy Gobert. Okay, so NBA Finals happened. Golden State wins 4-2. to two. Uh, This title... Uh, feels like it's really worth it to these guys because the team was kind of in shambles. You know, they were a play-in tournament elimination last year, but they finally got Clay Thompson back. They brought back Iguodala, and they look like the old Warriors, the old pre-Kevin Durant Warriors, really. Um, but congratulations to them. Steph Curry, he has now cemented himself in my top 10 all-time for NBA players. Uh, he's number nine for me. Um, I go, personally, I go... Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kareem, Bill Russell, Magic and Bird tied for fifth, Wiltz, Tim Duncan, and I put Steph Curry there. And tenth is probably tied for Shaq and Kobe for me. That's my top ten, which is really top eleven. But it's my list, so I can do with it what I want. Um, So Golden State is interesting because they also had the highest payroll in the NBA. Um... There, there are a lot of things Golden State did that follow certain patterns of NBA champions. They had good defense. They had an MVP. Um, as I was going through championship teams over the years, um, you have to go clear back to the Seattle Supersonics in 1979 and the 2004 Detroit Pistons. Those two teams of the past 70 years are the only NBA champions that did not have an NBA top 75 player on the team. You know, the NBA put out their list of the top 75 players of all time, and there are only two teams in the past 70 years who've won the finals that didn't have a player on that team. So as you're looking at drafts, as you're looking at free agents, uh, I think head offices need to keep that in mind, that it is a major, major exception to not win a championship. Um, without the uh, without someone in the top 75, you know, you have LeBron, you have Steph Curry, you have Giannis, uh, Kawhi Leonard, um, and then as you go back through time, uh, 
you have to have you have to have one of those generational talents on your team. So can Donovan turn into that? Um, Rudy, I think is thirty. I think we know where Rudy is. I think Rudy's a Hall of Famer. I don't think he's going to make. You know, when they do the NBA one hundred list, is Rudy going to make that one hundred list? Um, I I don't know. I find it doubtful. But you know, if he if he wins a ring with the Jazz or with another team, maybe he does get into that stratosphere. He is an amazing defensive player. Um, but I kind of doubt it. You know, Dwight didn't make it, and Dwight had the defensive numbers Rudy did. Plus, he had a better offensive game in his prime. So, you know, I, I find it doubtful Rudy makes it. Donovan's still only 25. Maybe he could get there. Uh, he'd need more jumps in his games, but we'll see. That's all speculation. I don't really care about that right now. Um, I do care about where this team's going to go next year. Um, we have something else going on with the Jazz I feel like I need to bring up, and it's the the team jerseys, the colors on the jerseys. Uh, black, yellow, and white. We saw, we saw mock-ups of these months ago that went around that most people thought were kind of a bad joke. Turns out they're real. Um, you know, what do you think of the Jazz jerseys? Uh, all indications from Twitter is that most people hate it. Uh, Their highlighter yellow, black and white, and then they do have one purple mountain jersey. And there are more purple themed jerseys that are going to come the season after. Uh, I'm not crazy about them myself. I don't know how big a deal jersey schemes are. But it's it's not a great not a great look for a franchise that's kind of in flux right now. You know, we got new ownership last year. We had major disagreements between the front office and head coach with Dennis Lindsay and Quinn Snyder, and the Jazz basically let Quinn Snyder win that one. Lindsay stepped aside. Zanuck became GM, and you know they side with their coach. And then a year later, their coach quits. That's not a good look. Uh, they have so they have Danny Ainge there in the front office with Zanuck. They have a new head coach. You know, we have this new owner. The Jazz are in flux. They're in flux. We've we've been this really good team. They had the best record in the NBA the year before, but this is a team that hasn't been out of the second round since 2007. Uh, they thought Mike Conley might be able to get them there. That hasn't worked out. Uh, Mike Conley, I don't think, is going to be with the team next year. We'll have to see what happens with other trades. But I'm pretty sure that they'll try to move on from him because they don't want to have another starting lineup next year of two six one guards. Uh, that they need they need some length. Uh, but we can go we can go on to that later. Normally when I flounder like this, I can just throw it to one of the other guys, but they're not here, so we're just going to keep on going. We're going to plow through. We'll plow through this. Um. Anyway, back to the draft. I, w I wanted to talk more about the draft. It looks like the draft is going to be heavy in height this year. The top three guys are all that are all supposed to go are all 6'10 or taller. So, you know, we had a finals where the wings were the stars. It was it was Steph and it was Clay and it was, you know, Draymond's only 6'6 and he's doing his thing. In the Boston, they had Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as their two stars. And, you know, defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, doing his thing. Kind of got exposed in the finals, but it's okay. No one can take that trophy away from him. But now in the draft, as we're looking to youth, uh, they're looking at height. And, you know, there's a lot of good prospects. I haven't paid that much attention to the draft as I normally do because the Jazz didn't have a pick. But I've been looking at more this week because of the trade rumors. 
And, you know, if they trade with, uh, with Atlanta, then they're going to get the 16th pick. And if they trade with Chicago, then look at the 18th pick. And there could be other teams. There could be a trade that we're just not seeing that might happen on draft night. And it might not involve Rudy. It could be with something else. It could, it could be Bogdanovich going away for a first-round pick or something. There, there, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I feel like the possibilities are endless with where they're going to go with this team. Um, but as you get down there into the 16-18 range, uh, there are a lot of wing players down there. You know, uh, Tari Eason from LSU, he's a 6-8, small forward, power forward combo. Uh, he, draft, NBA Draft.net currently has him going at number 18. Uh, there's players like Malachi Branham out of Ohio State. He's a 6'5 guard, could play some small forward. He, he's a possibility down there in that range that the Jazz could trade for. So there's there, there's people out there that, that you know, Jazz jazz need length on the wings. They, they need length, period. Rudy's great being as long as he is, but when you look at the starting lineups in the NBA, if you take away the tallest player out of every starting lineup and you just look at the other four and average their heights, Jazz are the shortest team in the NBA. And... You just don't want to be that. I haven't looked, but my guess is that every NBA champion, if you took the tallest player out of their team and you averaged the height, the NBA champion was not the shortest team in the NBA. That's that's my guess. Someone can go fact check that for me. But I feel pretty good about that. Um, and you know, if the Jazz never do trade into the NBA draft, then it's just an interesting thing to see what's going on with the other teams. Um... You know, Chet Holmgren is going to go top three. He seems to be this year's Evan Mobley. Um, he'll probably go to Oklahoma City. Maybe he falls to three to Houston. Uh, Houston traded away Christian, Christian Wood, which, you know, you figured they'd trade him for something. The, the package they got for him, I was shocked by. Uh, they, they traded away Wood for the 26th pick. And then all the guys on the Dallas bench that aren't doing anything. They got Boban Marjanovic, who's a great team guy but never gets on the court. Uh, Trey Burke, Marquise Chris, who's been a bust everywhere he's been. And Sterling Brown. It's like guys who are number 11 through 14 on the Mavs bench and the number 26 pick. And they get Christian Wood, who two years ago was a 21-7 and seven guy. And you put a guy like that with Luka... Uh, Dallas has made a good case that they're going to be back in the Western Conference Finals next year with the move like that. That's my opinion. Um, but amazing, amazing trade by Dallas. We'll see where that goes. Good for them. Okay. Um, not much more to talk about on the NBA draft. And, uh, the NBA in general. I think I covered everything. Oh, I, I did want to say one thing in general about NBA coaches. Um, there have not been a lot of vacancies this year. Usually, usually I feel like there's seven or eight vacancies every summer, and this year we've only had four. So Sacramento Kings, they had a vacancy. They hired Mike Brown. L.A. Lakers got a vacancy. They hired Darvin Ham. Charlotte Hornets had a vacancy. They hired Kenny Atkinson. Oh, wait. Uh, they had Kenny Atkinson, and then uh, he backed out. So Kenny Atkinson's going to stay as an assistant coach with the Golden State Warriors. So... Charlotte's uh, got to do some searching. And then, of course, the Jazz have a vacancy. So there's only been four vacancies this year. But is that is that unusual? Probably not. And I'll say this. 
Uh, Mike Budenholzer was hired four years ago by the Bucks. Four years ago. He is now the fifth longest tenured coach in the NBA at four years. Only four coaches have been on the job more than four years. <laughs> That's an amazing number. And, you know, it's, it's Popovich, it's Spolstra, it's Steve Kerr with the Warriors, and Malone with the Nuggets. Everybody else has been on the job four years or fewer. In fact, of the coaches that started last year, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine coaches started last year. And then we have four vacancies this year. I mean, that, that's a lot of turnover. That's a lot of turnover in general. So we shouldn't be surprised there were only four vacancies this offseason. I'm personally surprised there weren't five because I thought, I thought the two years of Tibbs at New York was going to be enough and they would scrap that based on how this last season went. I'm, I'm shocked he kept his job, but okay. You know, Dolan's going to Dolan. Um, so that, that, that's my comment on the NBA coaching. Uh, moving on to pop culture. Uh, I saw a couple movies this week. I saw Hustle on Netflix. Uh, it was an Adam Sandler movie, but it was Adam Sandler in the good mode, where he's trying to make a quality movie, and he does that sometimes, and I appreciate it when he does. So here he plays a scout for the Philadelphia 76ers, and he needs to find that that special talent out there. He needs to find that diamond in the rough. And while he's out in Spain, he sees this player named Bo Cruz, who's just playing some street ball. And he's played by Juancho Hernan Gomez, who is now a jazz man. And he sees something special in this kid. And he, you know, it goes, it goes through getting him in practices and getting other people to see him, getting coaches to see him. And, you know, acting by everybody's great. Uh, Wancho does a pretty good job. Jordan Clarkson has a cameo, which is kind of fun. Uh, lots of NBA players have cameos. NBA players, coaches, staff, media. Uh, I didn't, haven't added them up, but I'd say there's probably 30 guys in here playing themselves. And some not. You know, Wancho plays Bo Cruz. Kenny Smith is here, but he plays a different character. And I was amused how they had Kenny Smith playing, I think his character's name is Leon. He's an old friend of the Adam Sandler character. But then at one point, they have the NBA on TNT, and it's just Shaq, Chuck, and Ernie. The three of them are talking about this great recruit, Bo Cruz, and then they cut to something else. And I'm like, oh, there's only three of them. I wonder where, wonder where Kenny Smith was for that scene. Um, I, I think the movie in general is a good movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, my main complaint with it is completely predictable. Um pretty much every scene you're in you know what's going to happen and it goes on like that but that's that's fine if you do it well um i'll also say acting wise of the nba people the the guy i thought did the best job was minnesota timberwolves anthony edwards uh, he plays he plays this cocky lottery pick who's kind of the antagonist in the movie and i thought he did a really good job he, he's playing a real character and you know i think he, I think he showed that he he could be one of those athletes who could who could do other stuff um, if he wanted to. You know, he has the NBA for a while, but if he wants to like do the occasional movie in the off season and stuff, I, I think he has a knack for it. So anyway, so thumbs up for Hustle. You just got to understand it's predictable. The other movie I saw this week was Jurassic World Dominion. This got a lot of bad reviews, uh, so I went in with low expectations because. It's gotten the worst reviews of any of the six Jurassic movies. And I knew that going in. And when I watched it, 
I didn't think it was as bad as Jurassic Park 3, but it did it did lack in a lot of areas. And I think the main problem with Jurassic World Dominion is they forgot that people are going to these movies because they want to see people being chased by dinosaurs. And most of the movie, that's not what's going on. Uh, they they have the characters of Jurassic World, namely Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard as Owen and Claire, and they are off in the Nevada woods raising Maisie, who's the human clone from the last movie. They're raising her, and they got to keep her safe because you know mercenaries are going to try to get her and use her DNA for nefarious purposes. And of course, eventually she is kidnapped, and that gets that plot thread going. Uh, there's another plot thread where you got to have the old characters, so Sam Neill and Laura Dern reunite as Alan Grant and Ellie, and uh, Ellie's researching these giant locusts that are eating up crops all over the country, and these giant locusts have been bioengineered by this sinister company called Biosyn, and she wants Grant to be her witness as she goes to get samples, that this evil company is behind it. Now, this evil company um, is run by Lewis Dodgson, and Lewis Dodgson was a character in the very first Jurassic Park movie. He's the guy that gave the fake shaving cream can to Nedry uh, to steal some dino DNA. Uh, he only had that one scene, he only had three lines, and so he's back in this movie, and they recast that part to be Campbell Scott, and so now he's the CEO of this, you know, giant multi-billion dollar corporation that's studying dinosaur DNA and doing all kinds of experiments with dinosaur genomes to see if they can't use it to cure cancer and other noble stuff, of course, but they're doing all kinds of um, unscrupulous things along the way. Um, so that's another plot going on. There, there, there are plots that take them all over the world, and... It feels like it's trying to be some kind of James Bond Mission Impossible type movie where that you go from country to country and you're getting chased by this bad guy or that bad guy or you show up here and you're chased by giant locusts and you show up over there and you're you're chased by stray dinosaurs. Um, but you go most of the movie with the old cast and the new cast not meeting up. It's They don't meet up until the final like last half hour of the movie. And that, for me, was the strongest part of the movie. It was the last half hour. When they do finally meet, and we get a half hour of them just, you know, being chased by dinosaurs at the Biosyn place, where it all kind of comes together, that that was the part I enjoyed the most. Uh, leading up to that, I was kind of like, you know, why, why, why are the dinosaurs way in the background? No one came to Jurassic World Dominion to watch giant locusts. You know, we want, we want to see the raptors. We want to see the T-Rex. We want to see... Uh, you know, dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I didn't think it was that bad either. It's just kind of disappointing. I would say it's just barely below Fallen Kingdom where I'd rank him. I still think Jurassic Park 3 is the worst of the six. So I'd have to give it a mild sum down. Everyone else I was with, you know, my kids all liked it. So maybe I'm just being curmudgeonly on this. But that's where I was on that. So those are the movies I saw. Um... I've been going for a while. I, I can save other stuff to talk with uh, Alan and Devin next time. But wanted to get a, a little podcast out there to go over what's been going on with the Jazz. Hopefully by recording this, we'll have some major news developments happen later today that you guys know about before you actually listen to this. I um, want to thank you guys for listening. Please leave us five-star reviews. 
Um, we'll have Alan and or Devin on next time. And with that, I'll say bye, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.